Alright, Gene. Are ready. you ready to be counted? I'm in? ready, Mom. Let's go. Ready in Chamesh. Agba. Shadosh. Stein. Turn my steps. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at. Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at. Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where, where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at. Gosh, gole. It's the end of the year. Can you believe that? Can you believe it's November? What is happening? Guys, uh, one night in Biloxi, Mississippi at the Beau Rivage Resort and Casino, November 18th, and then November 19th in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. At the Parks Casino and then Dania Beach. Dania? Dania. Dania Beach. I think it's Dania. Oh, shit. No, he didn't. Just yeah. correct you like that. Didn't we look, didn't yeah. we look up the pronunciation, so, though? Dang. Google and Siri say it's Dania, but the locals say it's Dania. Oh, damn the dog. You got busted. Fucking worldly Chad. Local oh Chad over here. Local Chad. ChristinaPOnline.com for tickets. Local chat. Um, actually, I believe the locals call it. Back when I was ch- backpacking through Vietnam, I would often eat street food, and I would talk to the locals, and they would share stories of their suffering during Vietnam and the, during the war. And so. I, I befriended an old woman who lived in a yurt, and once a month during her menstrual cycle, she and I would hang out, and I would hold her as she menstruated freely. Is that a story? Just like me. Yeah. Is that your story, Chad? You nailed it. <laughs> I should hire you to help write my autobiography. It's okay. You know why? I'll tell you why, Chad. Because I have a, I have a very similar, I think, life. I do. I do. I just don't tell people the the, the meaning I I attribute to things. But I feel like you attribute meaning to things, which is good. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think I tell people either. N- no, but I can. But you know what? Game recognized game, homie. I can smell it on you. I know, I know, I can, I sense, I see into your soul. That's the gift of a woman, I'm telling you. I, I, you know, for many years, I, 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 I'll be honest with you, I poo-pooed my feminine powers because I thought that men were better because I, you know, I just saw them just winning in the world. So for so many years, I was just like, I'm going to be a guy, I'm going to be more masculine. And it worked. I mean, <laughs> I got successful. <laughs> because let me tell you man what i learned from dudes is like just go for it like women we at least i'll tell i won't speak for all women but for me i would overthink my my position i'm like oh i can't i can't do stand-up comedy i'm not like i'm not as um, brave as so-and-so or i'm i don't i don't deserve that i'm not you know this and that and then i think that men don't don't question their position as much at least the ones that i was hanging out with and they just went for it and i was like oh so i just went for it the way they did i just copied them i copied joe rogan not not as comedy i mean like their whole demeanor of like fuck yeah i i belong here (laughs) and then um which is great because that's the energy that it takes to inhabit the world and take up space and not be fucking daunted by life and grab it by the balls and like 
fight tigers and shit. And then um, when I became a mother, I was like, oh, this energy doesn't work with <laughs> with children. Because <laughs> as like on the one hand, it it works because I'm not afraid to discipline. I think a lot of women are like, I don't. They just wrote they. They just do what they want. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I entert- I train drunk people for a living. Like, I'm not afraid of fucking with you. Like, you fuck with me? Fuck me. Fuck you. So I'm very like, uh-uh, put that shit down. You're, you know, I, I don't mind yelling at children. Um, but then again, you know, I lost my my feminine way for so many years. I was so out of balance being masculine. And so now I realize the power of being feminine and chilling and like, sitting back and being more observant and gentle and like noticing things and allowing myself to be in the moment and all that stuff. And then when the time is ready, I pounce like a fucking tiger and then I let it out and then I go crazy and I'm a stand up. You know what I mean? Like it's all balance, right? It's all balance. And Chad, you've got a good balance of the feminine and the masculine, right? Like some, sometimes you're a sweet lady and then sometimes you're an aggressive tiger. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm just making it up. Team Chad? I'm so, I'm sweet so, lady Sweet Chad. lady Chad. He's not a lady. He's not a lady. He's very masculine. Sweet lady Chad. <laughs> Stupid. Now, Annie is all masculine energy. <laughs> not even close. Annie no is way. like, fuck you, bitch. No way. I'll fucking cut you. No, I'm just saying, you're not. The complete opposite. <laughs> you think you're a little pussy cat? I'm so. I'm How do you see yourself? I'm soft as fuck. I'm Come a soft as N word in town. You said it. You said it. I didn't say it this time. Didn't he say that? No, you just heard it in your head. I heard it because I love that word. I just <laughs> can't stop saying the N word in my head. How could you imagine? Fuck, I, I thought I heard it too. I know. I, no, I, I didn't say it. You said, I'm the softest. Mm, and it trailed off. Chad, rewind it. So much that I, no, he did not say that. I'm Let's the softest. Go, team mm. Chad. Boy, Christina, we're just, we're just hearing what we want to hear. But because I, I think Annie does say it. I do say it. Frequently. So yeah, we're like, I just frequently, plugged yes. it in. Yeah. I don't know about Barry. Come on. He's now. so racist. Team Chad. Team Chad. So you think you're a softy? Any softy? You sweet lamb. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I grew up with a with a, a, a mom. Chicks with a yeah. mom. Yeah. I grew up with a mom. I was always friends with girls. Like, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm soft as shit. I got a fucking white girlfriend. Come on now. That's true. You have a white girlfriend. Yeah, every, There's every nothing soft softer than a white girlfriend. Yeah. Now, if you a black man with a white girlfriend, that's so true. That's, that's so be, true. Let's, let's be honest. Come now, on. what if you're a white guy with a black girlfriend? Uh yeah, you a real ass, you a real ass dude, you know, you a real yeah. ass dude. You kind, you kind of so probably cool. getting taken over a little bit, but you a real ass dude. Though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's so cool though. <laughs> I know. I wish I had a black girlfriend. I think that'd be so fun. I mean, I have a black girlfriend, and I'm saying like not sexual. You know, she's just a friend, but it'd be kind of neat. Did you fuck? <laughs> if I could fuck a black lady, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I wonder if it's different. <laughs> Is it different? Have you had sex with a black lady? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not many. I, I've definitely had uh, more sex with white women. With white ladies. What, yeah. Is there a difference between white lady sex and black lady? Um, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Really? I don't know how to... No, articulate here. It's a safe space. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to 
quantify that. Does your mom uh, have a full bush? Oh, jeez. All right. <laughs> we out. Back to the show. <laughs> Most importantly, guys, does your mom have a full bush? <laughs> Jesus, that's what you guys talked about on the... On the other episode, yeah, wasn't it? yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Because my mom had a full orange bush. It wasn't even red. It was orange because she was a strawberry blonde. And I like, God, you know how things are so formative as a little kid, where you're just like, I can't get that out of my mind. It's just years of like a like a clown orange. <laughs> and she would do her makeup in the nude. I'm like, who fucking? It's the most uncomfortable thing. I've tried getting ready in the nude because in the beginning of my young life, I modeled after my mother. I was like, okay, I'm going to get ready in the nude because she would, she had a good reason. She was like, well, here's why you get ready nude, nude, because your makeup, your hair, everything will get on your outfit. So you put on the outfit last. And I was like, that's really intuitive because I've done that a million times. I put my outfit on and then I get fucking makeup on it and I want to die. So she makes sense. And then I tried getting ready in the nude and because my mother i mean i have hangy tits right i've got big tits so of course like the minute i would try to dry i would dry my hair the heat of that like i get sweaty tits like under my tit meat just drenched in sweat i'm like oh this is terrible and then you know somebody walks in on you and you're like i'm just naked doing my makeup it's so uncomfortable um Oh my God, I just had a flashback. The worst. Oh my God. I don't know if. Okay, let's play a game called Most Traumatic Childhood Memory. But not like nothing about being a molested or anything. It's, I'm just like like a fun one. Right, something that imprinted on you that yeah. never left. Okay, you. Let's, let's play fun oh, trauma. Boy. Okay, this is ready? Be fun, yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't think there's anything more traumatic than this memory of my mother nude. And again, like her naked body, very similar to my naked body because we're related. Duh. So, oh, fuck. I want to puke. So she would tell me always about her vagina. Uh, Oh, my God. I hated this. She'd be like, you know, Christina, I tell you, men don't like women with stinky pussy. And I was like, oh, my God, like I'm fucking in third grade. Like, I don't even know what a stinky pussy is. Why would your pussy stink? I don't understand. Men don't like women with stinky pussy. And I was like, like, that's the beginning of that. And then she would tell me about like periods and all this stuff. And I think it was just so much. So then one time, first of all, she had a douchebag under her sink, like an old school orange bulb with the black thing douchebag, which was just like, it's so mortifying to find your mom's douchebag as a little girl. You're like, oh my God, am I going to have to put this inside of me at some point? Does everybody do this? Why is it so hard? Like, it's just so gross. So the memory I have, oh, <sighs> I'm gonna fucking throw up. She would be putting in a, her tampon. Oh my God, I'm gonna die. It gets so hard to even say. And she'd be nude, right? So the orange clown pussy. And then she put her leg up on, so like one leg on the floor, one leg cl- up on the counter. And that's how she would put in her tampon. And I'm like, that is so aggressive. Like, you don't need to like spread that. W- I've never, never had to like spread do a split to get my 
tampon in and it was just so much and i remember just like oh my god anyway that's like probably the most like my mom's leg up on the counter or her naked leg up on the toilet i'm like ah uh does that win okay what do you have christ yeah okay let's do fun traumatic childhood memories i mean fun meaning like benign you weren't molested or abused right, right, right. nothing that you need to go to actual therapy for but just like, just like se- enough or enough that stuck yeah in your head. enough um so growing up we had like two toilets downstairs yeah. and we had the good one and then we had the one that was like kind of shallow and like didn't really <laughs> like <laughs> like it wasn't like it wasn't a it wasn't the one you preferred to shit in sure and so uh i remember like <laughs> i was waiting for the good toilet <laughs> And my mom was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm waiting for the good toilet. And she's like, why don't you just use the other one? And then, like, kind of jokingly, but I definitely meant it. I was like, eh, whenever I sit there, like, my balls kind of touch the bottom of the porcelain. And she just made this sound. I was like, oh, like, approvingly. And I was like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, you don't want, like. Yeah, that replays a lot in my head. I don't like it. I think when your parents ref- like refer to anything sexual, it's so vomitous. The worst is like I remember my dad telling like sexual jokes and laughing in front. I was like, I want to fucking puke when you, you know, or just any sexual comment. You're like, oh my god, I don't even want to think of you in that capacity. It's so gross. Oh yeah. Like weird racist stuff that your dad says that like even even today you're like I don't know how that racism. Oh no, I laugh at the racist stuff. I like that. It's the um, sexual stuff, the racist stuff. I'm so used to, and it's it's so like, you know what I mean. It's so part of like my family's culture, racism, and and the irony being like, my mom married an Indian man, and we were openly racist about Indians and Hungarian. Like it, it was like. I mean, I don't know. It didn't. My dad. My dad's a full. Yeah, his his like, he's fully like. I don't like. You know, Hungary is like super xenophobic and like they close off borders and like they don't let in like anybody. He's super for it. He's like, yeah. I mean, what's the problem? Like, you want to keep your culture clean? Like, you know, I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) I'm like that kind of thinking got us into a few wars, Dad. That's not really. Um. I don't, I don't know. It just makes me laugh when he's racist, especially because we grew up in, I mean, grew up, like we lived in Los Angeles. So it's a major city. Like if you're racist, you can't live in LA, New York, San Francisco. <laughs> like, why are you living in a big city? Go live in the country because you're, you're going to see all these, your neighbor's going to be fucking whatever, you know, Persian, Puerto Rican, Israeli, like good luck. Um, any, do you have any, I feel like Annie's got a treasure trove of, minorly traumatic moments uh yeah i mean yeah most of the major but yeah if i'm thinking minor i know it's so hard isn't it i know it's, kind of tough to weed it's those out. so tough same z's i know but exactly what you mean minor was definitely i mean I, you know my dad wasn't around too long but for the time that he was around uh it was definitely going in the back i guess because i wasn't around him enough that this was so weird to me i was kind of <laughs> older you know and and so yeah. i i just i mean quick story i just caught him in the bathroom i went in the bathroom took a sh- he was taking it. a shit no he was taking a piss but it was just that <laughs> his dick 
<laughs> didn't look like mine. I was like, what the fuck did I just see? I was scared. I'm like, uh, does my mom know about this? Like, <laughs> She knows. Yeah, she knows. She approves. Yeah, it was fucking, it was, it was scary. God, seeing your dad's dick. Song. Yeah. Oh, that room. I just triggered God. another memory. Seeing your dad's dick is... It's the worst. I think we all have. We, everyone's <laughs> seen it. Chad, you seen your dad's dick? Yeah, I think everybody has. Everybody in the world? Is he on the internet? Yeah. Well, what no, if your dad no. was like Leo <laughs> this whole time? He's like, I want you bet I'm coming up in May. Um, you seen your dad's dick? Uh, Yeah. yeah. I like think peeing was, and stuff? I think he was coming out of the shower. <sighs> no, I know he was because it was burned into my memory. He was definitely coming out of the shower. Yeah. It's like and, and like. Yeah, dads always like to be like, "Hey, you want to see a dad?" I dick? know. I. It's so gross, and like I remember, like both my parents were so disturbingly nude, all the freaking time. And then my, oh my god, I saw my stepdad's dick once. It was so gross. Like I think I caught him coming out of like the shower too. Like I just came came into their bedroom and I was like, ah, and like my stepdad. Was like a fat Indian man, so like it was it was comical, you know. Like he had this huge belly; he was so sweet. But then, like once you see their genitals, it just taints the relate. Like once you see somebody's genitals, I feel like it just completely changes the dynamic. <laughs> like why though? It's like so in it. It's so silly because now I see children's genitals. You know, I see my children's genitals. And I don't even think anything but to see a grown man's genitals like if i were to see your guys's genitals everything would change oh for us too yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean you don't see it you know yeah you just don't see it (laughs) but it's so harmless it's like so what it's just skin and uh, i don't know i'm trying to think philosophically why it bothered but maybe because it's the age like if i were to see your genitals now Maybe it wouldn't phase me. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I thought your dick would look like, Nadav. Like, congratulations. You matched my expectations. Or Thank you. Yeah. Like, any, I knew you had a big one. Congratulations. Like, we kind of know a little bit about your genitals. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Maybe as an adult, it wouldn't phase me because uh, I was a teenager I mean, when I saw my stepdad's dick. I could definitely speak for for myself. It's just that I've I never saw anything like that. You know, like, if like I, a, especially yeah. I think it's also because <laughs> I compare it to me, right? As a know? little kid or as a teenager, I'm a sorry. tiny boy. Well, I yeah. was a boy. I was a little little boy. So yeah. it was. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> what is that? You know, I'm, I th- feel like a part of me thought like. Is he sick? Like something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's something so young. Like, it's so big. <laughs> and like pubic hair. I yeah, think that exactly. too, where you're like, what is that? Like, why is there hair there? What the fuck is that? And will I grow that there? That's so, it's so alarming and scary. I know. And you, and like, I've had um, adult friends tell me like, um, you know, our kid walked in on us <clears throat> having sex. And I was like, there's a thing called a fucking lock that you can put on your door, shithead. And 
I'm so cognizant of that because I've walked in on my dad banging like so many people that I know talk about real trauma. Like that's the, that's like the real shit I talk about. in therapy. <laughs> Not like the silly, my mom's red bush, but like <clears throat> that, that was so traumatic for me to see my parents banging, not my biological. I'm saying like, you know, I never saw my mom bang. But my dad, I was like, oh, my God. So the minute we moved to Texas, it was like priority number one. Like, put a lock on the freaking door, dude. Ugh, ugh. Do you ever what? see your dad shitting? Oh, da- like, yeah. Like, like it's... It's like an open door policy. When yeah, when what are you talking about? Shit, right? It's like seeing him eat. Yeah, yeah. of course <laughs> I saw them. But most importantly, I smelled my dad's shits. And his shits were like beer shits because he would drink like a 12-er every fucking work shits, night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My dad was a beer drinker, so literally, like, if if I was living with him, he picked me up from school, we'd go to the Seven Eleven or the liquor store. There's a few spots in the valley I very clearly know. I would buy the imitation Barbie from the Seven Eleven, which is Ryan Sickler calls Darby. And if you know, you know. If you grew up with a parent that took you to like Seven Eleven, there's like knockoff toys. <laughs> And then, yeah, he drink his beer, and then the next morning, wake up early as shit to go to work, and the smell of his beer shit would permeate down the hall to my room, and that's how I would wake up in the morning, is smelling my dad's alcoholic beer shit. It's so gnarly. Tom asks me to tell him the story on occasion. That's how much he loves the story. He's like, tell me again about your dad's shits. I'm like, okay. Um, and it's it's interesting because this is such a random thing too is that like i've walked into bathrooms met specifically like after dudes of shit and i've been like that's that's a beer shit like i know the smell of a beer shit from my dad is that huh. terrible that's, that's really cool <laughs> such a cool talent huh yeah so rad yeah you're like oh those are booze poos i know what that yeah is. booze poos yeah. like blues clues booze poos so cool Gosh, what a neat life I've had. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> like, why do I have to know any of that? It's so horrible. Uh, I just had another. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do it. Let's so, do it. So good. <laughs> I didn't have a clear image of just like, oh yeah, that time my dad like just showed me like where I saw my dad's dick. Yeah. But then I remembered one time he was going like into a surgery and stuff, or he just came out of a surgery. And like we're all around him on like the like around his hospital bed. Like I don't know. I think he had diverticulitis. Like something. Yeah. Some goes, foreigner goes, shit. Goes, yeah. Hey Nadavi, you want to see something crazy? And I'm like, uh, no. Never a good sentence. Yeah. And he just like, look what crazy tubes they're putting in me. And then he lifts up his like blanket, and I'm just seeing a catheter going in his, in his dick. In his dick. <sighs> and let me tell you. That really confused me for quite some time. I didn't know what that was, why they would do that, why are you hurting my dad like this? But it was uh, I, I hate really it. fucking Stop. wild. I, I'm so mad at him. Like, oh God, that's such a dysfunctional parent fucking thing to do. It's it's like an immigrant. I, I don't know if that's just an immigrant parent or like highly dysfunctional parent thing to do. I feel like American dads it's, don't do that. No, American parents don't do that. Look at my catheter. Like, it's so gross. Look at my suffering. This is different. This is like, th- yeah, this is like, ugh. my mother would do the same shit to me. Like, 
it was always about like you have to acknowledge their suffering their suffering not you it's not your life it's my suffering it's so ugh. like i always think about people that suffer with dignity versus people that suffer publicly like you know when you're you know sick people they may have cancer or they're going through a rough time with their stuff like there's just there's people that burden you with it and bum you the fuck out and then there's people that are just like i'm fine hey you know, whatever, it sucks, let's get on with it. My mother was the burdener who was just like, look at my cancer, look at my scars, look at them. I'm like, oh my God, it was just so horrible. Oh, it was just so so, so dramatic, yeah. Was it a foreign, uh, was it a foreign thing too? Uh, where they kept so like- exa- such, a, such an energy leech, like so exhausting. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. It's, uh, God, I want to die just thinking. I'm so they- glad she's dead. <laughs> what a fucking vampire. She was an energy vampire to the fucking umpteenth power. Well, it's true. She just like ruined my life. It was just like constant. She was such an asshole. Yeah. Just always like, I had to take care of her, you know? Just toxic energy. Yeah. Like, we come take care of me. I'm like, I remember shit like, my heart surgery. And like, just everything. Like, I had to take care of her when she had cancer the first time. And it was like the worst because she would just abuse me the whole time. And I'm like, I'm taking care of you, shithead. And she's like, you're the worst daughter. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, fuck. Yeah. The last time I saw her, she was like, you're the worst daughter in the world. You're terrible. And I was like, okay, bye. I'm I'm done with you. Like, you're just so, you're so aggressive. Ugh. Yeah. Wait, that, uh, was, that was the last time you saw her before she passed? Yes. Wow. I went to visit her with my father and she threw us out. She was like sick again and she was a shut in and, you know, she was like very schizophrenic at that time. And we walked in and like. You know, I was like, hi, mom. I'm, you know, I haven't seen her. I hadn't seen her in a while. And she was like, get out. I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, get out. You are a terrible daughter. You don't come to see a girl. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you're, she was just fucking hallucinating and like really crazy. And she had heard voices telling her stuff. And it was just so horrible. It was really traumatic. I'm writing a Broadway show about it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually am because I I know that there's other people out there that have That's a good to. Show, man. It's I'd watch that. I mean, watching her descend into full. We were talking about this before the show started. It's like when you watch your parents slowly decline into mental illness. I think because people ask me a lot, like, "What was it like growing up with a mentally ill mother?" And you're like, you know, it's like it's like boiling the frog, right? That metaphor of when you put a the frog in the boiling water, you don't know. That you're you're in this upside down world until much, especially if you're alone with that mentally ill person, which I was for many years. You don't know that it's crazy until you get out of it, you get perspective, and then you look back and you're like, oh, that's not remotely normal. So it took me many years to be like, oh, my mom was really crazy. And this this weirdest part is that because I was raised by a schizophrenic borderline like psycho is that I knew her language I spoke her language so I knew exactly what to do to calm her down to like it was full gray gardens you know so like towards the end of her life I found I mean at the end of her life rather I found all like her writings and her scribblings and like journals of crazy stuff and I understood it 
which was crazy town is I could I'm like oh I know what that means you know like she had kept notes on my husband um and like printed out papers of pictures of him with you know fans it shows and then like circled it and I was like oh this is her way of tracking him and and being like he's cheating on you see I knew he was a bad guy like to convince me to get away from him to be with her so crazy yeah and but but you grow in you when you grow up in the upside down you don't know that it's wackadoo until you're like oh my gosh like I why am I so miserable I was 14 and suicidal and crazy and because my mother had completely co-opted my brain. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm trying to write about it. <laughs> I don't know how to make it funny yet, but I will. It's, oh, totally. Right? Yeah. It's like you grow up and they're your source of trust and everything. And, and reality. And once they start drifting away from that, like your mentality of them being trustworthy doesn't change. Yes. That's exactly it, Nadav. Yeah. Yeah. So you trust yeah. their insanity, and you're like, well, why would they steer me wrong? Like, they're, they're saying crazy stuff, and it's got to be right. It's got to like, be right, because they're they the know, adult. They know better than me. Yeah. You know? Like, little, like my mother was so paranoid, even when I was a little girl. Like, you know, everybody's out to, it's like the everybody's out to get me shit. And, like, I remember, like, a waitress would piss her off. Like, she would, I remember one time a waitress, did I tell you the story? It's so stupid. We went to a Japanese restaurant, a Japanese restaurant, and the waitress sat us, at a table my mother felt was undesirable. And it was by the bathroom. And my mother was convinced it was because we were white and she was Asian. And she started to go on a tirade with her, like, you fucking bitch, da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, my God, she's not even, was it Vietnamese that are? But, like, <laughs> at least be right, you know what I mean, if you're going to be racist. Um, but she totally went off on this woman and we had to leave the restaurant and like little you know things like that over the years we were like oh that's by the time I was like what are you doing because I was like 12 so I, by the time I was 13 I was like okay I'm done with you you're, you're fucking out of your mind but yeah always perceived threats and and confrontational and like what's, what's interesting happening? Christina is you're yeah. nothing like that so I'm like <sighs> wondering God. what causes someone to either repeat that cycle or break oh, away thank- from that cycle right this is hence the Broadway show so <laughs> that's that's the question I get asked the most is why I'm not like her and you know and you have to look at your history and you it's like a combination of so many things so I read this study or heard about the study rather that so you are made up right so what determines your mindset is 40%. Yeah, this makes sense. 40% innate, your DNA. It's just your wires. 10% is actual trauma. They did a study. Trauma, like real fucking events. And then 40% is learned response, meaning how you frame the 10% and the whatever 40% you were given, how you frame your thinking. That's what matters most. And I believe in the 40%, really. And so when I was a little girl, I didn't know any better. And But what I did, luckily, I don't know, because the way my mind works is I hid from her a lot and I escaped into stories and books and television. Like I literally would hide from her and go to my record player and listen to like stories about orphans and like um, Pippi Longstocking movies and these heroes, like I found my heroes in these stories. And there's a reason that a lot of, if you look at like Grimm's fairy tales, like the old school Germanic shit, like the story, like these stories, like Little Red Riding Hood, 
um, and all whatever. These fairy tales are, are for, have been around since humans have existed, more or less, since writing began, since or storytelling, because they help children with their primal fear, and the primal fear is abandonment. So these stories, I had been abandoned as a child. My mother was crazy. My father was an alcoholic. I was abandoned. I was alone. So these stories were like my savior. I could listen to um, a story about children prevailing, like, and it would help me so much. And Pippi Longstocking was like this feral girl who was around my age, you know, and she lived in a in a villa and her dad was a pirate and her mom was dead and she had a monkey and a horse and friends and she, but she turned her tragic life into something positive into something fun. And I, so I framed my life that I was living like Pippi that I was, it was actually fun that my parents were kind of checked out and I would learn to have fun, which was fucking a miracle. And then along the way I went to good schools. I was fortunate to like go to Christian schools. So I, you know, I had like a healthy daytime environment. And then, you know, I had a downfall when I, I when I was like 13, 14, I got really suicidal and I was just a mess because I realized my family life was nutty. But then I went to Catholic school and I loved the structure there. And then I met some really good girls and then I fled to their homes. So I didn't live at home a whole lot in my teen years. I was just so blessed to have a circle of friends that were like sweet, like the goth kids were, they all came from messy families too, but they were nice kids. So, you know, I slowly got out of my house physically. And then in college, everything changed when I discovered philosophy because I read existentialism. It was, which is really the first form of self-help, right? As Jean-Paul Sartre is saying that existence precedes essence, meaning you are not, predetermine you're not your family you're not your genetics you're not your race you're not your gender although now it's completely opposite that you are all these things and you should value all these things above all but whatever it was the 90s so the idea that you're not predetermined blew my mind and I was 18 19 years old when I read it and I realized like oh that's the power of one's mind I can use my brain to change everything And that was the beginning. And then I made a lot of mistakes and I dyed my hair blue and I dated the wrong guys and I, you know, slowly, slowly. But really the biggest thing was meeting the right people who helped me along the way and getting into therapy. Because once I started seeing a therapist, boy, my world just completely changed. Because when I was 32, I found out that it wasn't me, it was her. Meaning I'm not crazy. I thought I was insane because I grew up insane and I really led my life from a place of like, I'm this dysfunctional piece of shit, suicidal fuck up. I'm a fuck. I'm bad. I'm flawed. I'm, I'm tragic. I'm, you know, just this fucking loser to, oh, oh, I'm not a loser. I'm not tragic. I'm not flawed. I'm not, it's not me. It was her. She's got issues, problems. And I, I took that on as my thing. So to separate, then I had to separate myself from my mother physically and emotionally. And But it's, that's the work of being in therapy too, is you, all these shitty thoughts you have about yourself of like, oh, I'm, I can't do this because I'm blah, blah, blah. Or the bad thoughts you have are generally your parents' thoughts, not even yours. The stuff that you learned growing up. So I've had to unlearn a lot of the fucking shit but it's a it's a long process and i do believe it's like anything you have to believe in the solution you got to believe in the solution and i don't know if that's inherent in some people i think some people can 
get up past it and some people can't. And I don't know if that's the genetic component, the resilience component. I think some people are born with a certain level of resilience and some people, you know, because I've, you know, I know people that grew up too in fucked up places and they don't seem to get their lives together and it's it's just sad. And also I didn't, you know what's really saved me, it's so weird, is my phobia of vomiting. <laughs> as stupid as this is, I don't know why I thought of <laughs> The, my phobia of vomiting kept me from drinking too much, doing certain drugs. And isn't that fucking weird? That Whoa. Yeah, it kept me in a place of wanting to control things. And that wanting to control things kept me off of drugs for the most part. Because I, I should have been on drugs. But I didn't want to puke. So I was like, oh, I don't want to throw up. And Gosh. So it was too controlling. Anyway, long story. And I'll work it into something creative. It's just so hard to like fucking put it all together you know because your your life is like i mean when you look back it's it's not a coherent story it's just all these images right and what is memory right. your memory changes of events and ay, ay, ay. what if you go to your therapist and be like yo give me like the six craziest stories i told <laughs> you about my mom <laughs> the highlight reel of crazy yeah. i know she remembers them all she's a good one so uh, life Life is crazy. I wonder how many people, I bet the older I get, the more I realize and I, when you talk to people that most people have crazy lives. I don't know, maybe just the people I'm around. They're like, yeah, my brother's in rehab. My my sister's a Hare Krishna or whatever. My <laughs> my, my other person is in a cult. Um, I, a lot of people have these families and it's just like, they don't. I guess they don't talk about it, right? right. Who do you know that's like, everyone's great. Like functioning great. <laughs> and whenever I like, I talk to someone. They're like, "Oh yeah, like this." Like, I'm, like my instinct is just always like, "Oh, that's like that sucks." I'm sorry you're going through that. But like, then sometimes you talk to people. They're like, "Oh my god, I can't wait. I'm gonna go on a vacation with my family for a full week. <laughs> my two parents, my my uncles, my 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 aunts, my like no, my cousins." I, I'm just like, ugh. "You're looking forward to that? <laughs> wait, I don't, like that blows my mind." Like. How do you even deal with that? Like that seems so much more traumatic to me. Oh my than god! Than the straight I know. up traumas that we've dealt with I know. when we were younger. But I wonder if those families, because it gets inevitable that humans are not humans are not functional. Like we're all we're all the wires. I can't be perfect in everybody. So maybe those family systems function through like repressing feelings or not bringing things up and like crackers, like white people, like proper white people. I think they don't talk like they don't. I mean, from what I've seen, like waspy people don't tell their feelings to each other. Like they don't they don't yell. They just drink or like ignore stuff. Right. They just say wash up for supper. Susan's yeah. Coming over later. Yeah. They don't like address it. It's considered like, I don't know, classless. And I. Yeah, they just don't talk about it. But that doesn't mean it doesn't exist, which is so weird. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think sometimes because I I've also come to surrender to the fact that like because of my wiring, like I'm always going to be dealing with this stuff. It's not like you go to therapy and you're you're suddenly cured. Like I'll get triggered up fucking, you know, a lot every now and then by whatever happening in my life and whatever's happening. And, you know, it's it sucks to have to be like, you know what, because of my childhood, like I'm I'm wired <laughs> like something's it's like 
but then I see it as a cool gift, you know, because my brain does work in in a weird way, and that's just whatever. That's what it is, and like um, I see it as as like FIFO, my my first rescue dog, who I just fucking fell in love with this dog, and his charm was that you know he had this background of traumatic dog history that nobody knew about. So he had kinks. He had weird shit. Not kinks like sexual, but like he he had these weird things about him that made him really special and cool. And I remember Tom and I fell in love with this dog so much because we were we wanted him to live forever. And Tom was like, we have to clone him. Let's look into cloning FIFO. We're so in love with him. And you're like, yeah, but if you clone him, you won't get the trauma that built who he was. Because it made him, he made him so weird and so fun that, you know, like he, he would bark at, um, what was it? He hated like UPS guys. Oh, he couldn't be left alone a lot because he was so fear, fear of abandonment. So we had to trick him. We put him in his crate and then we'd have to sneak out the bedroom and out the garage so that he didn't see us going like stuff like that. And we did it because we loved him. And I'm not one of these people that's like, everything happens for a reason. I don't. I don't subscribe to that at all. I think that bad things just happen and um, you you do what you do with those things. You either frame it as tragic or you frame it as like something that you can help other people with and be of service to other people. I don't think, um, I ha- could I go back and change my childhood? Uh, yeah, I do. I wish I was fucking normal. I would, I would 100% be, <laughs> I would much rather be, um, less trauma to boom boom but christina you wouldn't be a comedian great fine i'd be just be like a regular person who had a normal life great i don't care uh that being said yeah you just frame your your tragedy into something that helps other folks that's the only you know i was lit i was reading um last night it, it's funny that we went down this path i did not imagine i'd be talking about my mom all day today but i was reading the prayer of saint francis of assisi will you bring this up it's called the Saint, the Prayer of Saint Francis. I'm not particularly like overly religious, but I was raised um, Catholic, right? Like I went to Catholic schools, and I didn't even learn this prayer in school. I learned it when I was studying meditation in my late twenties. The Prayer of Saint Francis. Yeah, here it is. Oh, and this is the exact one I found too. And Adam, you found the same page. Wow, serendipitous. That never happens. You found the same exact page. This, yeah, this is such a great prayer. And and I don't, again, I'm not even religious. I'm not even sure. I don't believe that there's a man in the sky. But I do love um, the principles of some religion. I think it's it's all in. This is the, the inherent goodness of this prayer is so great. Um, anyway, when talking about tragedies, I don't think everything happens for a reason. I don't think that it's a good thing, but I love the transformative nature. So listen to this prayer. It's so good. The Peace Prayer of St. Francis. By the way, St. Francis of Assisi is the patron saint of animals. And he, what is he? Wait, wait, may I make sure I'm right about that? Look up what St. Francis is of Assisi. I, he, he was a huge, he was really into wearing hair shirts and flogging himself, which I love that. He took a vow of poverty and he was a friend of the animals, which I really, really loved. He's into animals, as am I. Um, just wait, what is he the fucking patron saint of? I'm pretty sure it's animals. That's why I love him. He's my fave, my fave patron saint of. There you go. I know you Jews don't have, do you guys have saints? No. 
Yeah, you said patron animals. saint, and I'm like, I do not know. The patron that saint means. of animals. There he is. He loved animals. Um, so I love him for that reason. So let's read this prayer, which I love the words to this. Um, I don't even take out the word Lord. I feel like it's stupid. Make me an instrument of your peace. <clears throat> where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that I may not so much seek <clears throat> to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. Scroll up, Nadav. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. It is in dying that we are born to eternal life. So I don't think, I don't take the end to be like in dying, we are born to eternal I think he made that literal, like when you die in the Catholic church, you go to heaven. I don't, I think he means ego death. And I, I interpret this in the Eastern sense of um, like when you become of service to others, especially Nadav in light of our parents who wanted us to witness their suffering and to console their suffering. The line that I always resonates with is grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. So that's a really significant psychological fact. Um, And it's interesting that humans have figured out psychology before psychology formally existed. Before Freud, there was the prayer of St. Francis. And I think on some level, people knew the secret to happiness, the secret to out, to get out of your suffering is to focus on on doing inherent goods for others, to console somebody else. Because when you're in the act of consoling somebody else, you're not in your own pity party. And I think our parents were so broken that it was a, a nonstop pity party parade and they suck you into their world and that is suffering for everybody. It's just not, it's not a good look and it suffered, everybody suffers when you have that type of personality. And I always, that's why I like, I don't totally poo-poo religion because you're like, well, so for those of us that, you know, maybe can't afford or don't go to therapy, imagine if my mother had just been like, it's an interesting idea to console someone versus wanting to suck the fucking energy out of them to understand as, you know, to understand someone versus to be understood, to be loved as love. I just love this prayer. It's like, this is, this is totally what I believe in. Like, don't try to try to help fucking be of service don't be a cunt don't be a fucking lazy waste um you know anyway gosh we took a massive detour and i'm like so embarrassed that i shared all that but i think that makes a good podcast because i always feel like when you're embarrassed you know you've done good work (laughs) as soon as i get into my car and i'm like mortified i'm like oh that was probably worth listening to jesus christ this was great no i know i just get like embarrassed because i don't have a funny way of getting into this stuff yet and you know it's all a process of like you share it it's it's and i think a lot of us too don't you don't share this stuff because it's it feels shameful because you're like so embarrassing like i'm it's just residual shame from like having that you have to hide it too when you're a kid and your home is dysfunctional you don't go to school and announce like uh, my mom threw me out of the house last night because I had too many socks. Like she did that one night. <laughs> She's fucking crazy. And you're like, you had too many socks. Yeah. <laughs> and she threw you out uh-huh. for the night. No, no, no. Forever. Like she drove me to school and threw me out of the house. Yeah. So crazy. She drove me to school and she was like, you're going to live with her father. And she disowned me. And I was like, Ooh, like totally crazy. Yeah. Like shit like that. So you don't, but you don't tell people because you're so, you know, on some level as a kid that if I tell 
something bad will happen. I'll get taken away. I'll be, I'll be put in like a, a home. Like, you know. So you have to hide it. And that shame of that, of like, oh, something's wrong with me. You internalize that as a kid. So yeah. Oh my Ugh, God. I know. Well, like I said, we'll turn it into something good. We will be, we will, we will transform this suffering into something positive. Yeah, there's fun nuggets in here. There has to be. There has to be. Because my God. Yeah, what a thing could be a funny bit. We could, maybe. we could think about that. <laughs> we'll think about it. Anyway, I know. Fucking A. Uh, let's do some follow-ups. We, do we have voicemails? Let's see what's happening in the yeah. ethers of, of where my mom's at land. Hey, Mommy, and a special good morning, Julia. <laughs> I had an uh, update on the dick shriveler I used to have. And uh, <laughs> I used to shriveler. be the women who collected crystals and really into their horoscopes. Yeah, I used to be a total dick shriveler, and then I met one and gave her a chance, and she totally rocked my world. Because, oh. uh, you know, they're open-minded, so that means yeah. the sex has got to be open-minded, yeah. too, right? So, yeah. long yeah. story short, I went from a fuckboy to a stepdaddy, and I live with her now. Oh. Anyways, hope you had a good breakfast this morning, hit the ground running, hope you have a good dinner. Me, myself, I'm looking at Lily, say, ah, around 9 o'clock, <laughs> always piss on me, beat me, and remember, that's where it spits. Wow, this guy got all the hits. That was such a good voice. <laughs> Yeah, that is, that's interesting. He's right because at first blush, that would be a vag dryer for me if a guy was into crystals. And But he's right. Those chicks are broken and they, they fuck. I was just talking to Annie about this. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, I was, Tell I was me everything. confused as to why like a lot of the <laughs> girls I seem to match with are into horoscopes and how I can avoid that. And he told me you can't avoid it and that they just all are into horoscopes and crystals. And so I guess <laughs> What are you putting out in your profile that you think is attracting? Well, I, I just say like Mercury's in retrograde and that like I'm a cancer. And, you do not. No, oh my not. God. Because <laughs> when I hear that stuff, I immediately go like, oh, you and I are not going to like you share. We don't share a reality. That's what I think, too. So, yeah. Like, I don't know. But then I'm like, I have concerning. really good friends that are into that. Like Jenny Pentland, who's been on the show a million times, will be like, well, Christina, it's because you're a Gemini. And I'm like, oh, my God, shut the fuck up. I love you, but shut the fuck up. Uh I so, think, I so think the yeah. thing that you put out as a man that attracts women like that generally, yeah, is sadness. <laughs> I think it's sadness. Hey, look, Sad I do Chad? It too, the thing. I, I'm, I'm not saying you personally. Sadness. I'm saying if you do, I attract the same. Yeah. Okay. Sadness. So, so you because they, they want to relate. They want a trauma bond. Yeah. You know what I'm they want to talk about how, like you said, it's Mercury retrograde, all that stuff. They want to talk about why the universe is. You know, creating certain energy, and that's what brought us to you know what I'm saying. I, I think I think it's I think it's sadness. Interesting. I am yeah. not sad though. Okay. No, but you're deep. So 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 there's depth. Deep, Chad. Y- y- it's tricky with Chad. I'm telling you. Astral you're- Chad. Astral Chad. <laughs> <laughs> the astral Chads. <laughs> when the moon is in the seventh house, you know. <laughs> Chad, it's going to be tough for you because here's the deal, you know, man, because you're, 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 what's your type? Do you have a type? Do you know? Personality. I'm not talking about aesthetics. Yeah. I'm not picky as long as she's like smart, funny, caring, thoughtful, uh, attractive, Hmm. just everything. Yeah. So not too picky. (laughs) Just, she's got to be kind. (laughs) 
talented, creative. Well, yeah, your the order is so cultured. Oh, see that that that's the truth. Say there you go. That's the problem. That's the problem. It is a problem. Yeah, yeah. You, you got too much going. The, you, you, I'm trying to think if I know. Yeah, because like okay, okay. So I'm trying to think of the smart chads that I've been friends with over the years. Lovely. Like they're diamonds, right? Like the smart chads or the diamond guys. And they're actually the ones that you should marry and have children with. Okay. So the chads of the world make great fathers, great husbands, great companions, like good, good men. Um, are you in your family of origin a lot? Like, are you close to your family? Yeah, we're pretty close. I mean, we all live in different states, so we have to like make things happen for us to talk and get together but we're pretty close you talk to your family every day on the phone no i'm not very good at like talking to people on the phone or calling them or staying in touch i kind of show my affection in different ways okay good okay fuck the problem with the chads of the world i'm gonna tell you the ones i've known not the problem with you, Chad. Per I'm se. taking notes. All right, not not you. I'll just say, in my experience of watching Chads get coupled, right, is that the Chads of the 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 guys like you tend to get dazzled by extroverted, interesting women, like the ones that are like they're like maybe the life of the party, maybe. Uh, you know, like, oh my God, like she's a little wacky, but whatever. And then those girls resent your consistency because those girls are actually nutty. And that's the danger. Is that, am I accurate at all? Do you, do you, are you attracted at all to like the life of the party girls? Not, not party girls. I'm saying like eccentric, flamboyant. Yeah, I think I've, I've been attracted to someone who might balance me out a little bit. And I think some of that is being more ex- extroverted. extroverted. Yeah. yeah. The um, danger is those bitches can, like I said, don't get too into the extroverts because those bitches will fuck up your life. Yeah. And I've, I've also been with someone who's like the opposite too. And I think I just, I want something a little more balanced. Yeah. You know, like I like the idea of having like an equal relationship where we each add something to it. Yes. But yeah, I, when I, I was younger, I was into the the flamboyant, yes. like the crazy bitches. Yeah, yes, very much. I know it. Did I nail that? I know that's a problem. The smart chads love crazy bitches because all. Okay, so I was really good friends with the smart chad in college. Like this guy, oh my god, was so brilliant. He was like the smartest guy in the philosophy department. I mean, this motherfucker could read stuff that nobody could read, and he would interpret it. And I was like, whoa, did you even understand that? Like, just, I mean, he was the kind of guy that would be friends with the professors. Do you know kids like that that were just so smart that they were like equals? Yeah, I hung out with some professors. (laughs) Grad chat. I only know one guy like that. Yeah, and, and that's Chad. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You hung out with professors. And and oh, you were in academia. You went to graduate school, no? True. I did. Yeah. Okay, so this is what the smart Chad I grew like my college smart Chad went to went went all the way, got a PhD, like fucking so brilliant. And he would always be attracted to the most fucked up 
girls. And I was, and he, oh my God. And I fucked up meaning like, I loved the girls he was into. Like they were rad because they were so weird or like, you know, one girl I'll never forget was like an art student. And he was like, oh my God, she's so interesting. She collects bags of glass. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. She goes through around the city and then she finds broken glass and puts it in a bag and then makes art out of bags of glass and nails. And I was like, this chick is going to break your heart, man. This chick is wild. And she was wild. She would have like S&M themed parties in her apartment. And I'm talking like sophomore year in college. She was like whipping people and shit. I liked her. Don't get me wrong. I thought she was fantastic. But uh, yeah, that's the this is the problem with the good guys of the world. Good meaning like the great candidates for husbands and, you know, is that they get linked up with fucking bitches. And I just don't know what that is. The one of the I've always been friends with sweet boys. I'm not friends with dicks. I'm saying before I was like married to Tom and even now I'm friends with like sweet guys. They tend to couple up with bitches and I don't know what that is. I have a really good friend just like this sweet, like, no, he's a cat guy. You know, like I love cat guys. Like any, you're a cat guy. I know you're a cat guy. Sweet little cat guy. I love cats. But he didn't have a bite. Yeah, I know you guys are. Well, Nadav, what's your animal? Are you an animal guy? I'm fucking dogs all the way, bro. Get those. I know, cats Nadav, you're you're gonna marry dog. well. I know you're gonna marry well. I'm <laughs> not worried medium. about Nadav. I'm not worried about Nadav. I'm not worried about you because you're gonna find a girl who is your equal, and who respects you and who you respect. You're not gonna. It's not gonna happen for you that way. No, you're you're gonna be, you're gonna marry late, mm-hmm. and. Your wife's going to be like 28 and you're going to be like 50. (laughs) And you're going to be an old ass dad because you're too afraid of having kids and you're too afraid of being a dad because of your own stuff. But you know what? You're going to be like the best dad because of your stuff. Right. Like I'm I'm going to be so petrified of passing on terrible traits that I won't pass on the terrible traits. Yes. And it, it might happen later in life for you because yeah. you're going to, you know, right, right now you're building your career, you're building your empire. And then when you're ready, you will find a good girl and you will. Yeah. Right. And have kids that where I won't be around for when they're in high school because I'll be so old and dead. Old. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You'll find a woman who will... Because Nadal, yeah, okay, so, so, so why do good guys like bitches? This is really interesting. And I, when I, you're a good guy. I don't mean that. I just mean the chads. I worry about the chads. Because any, I kind of think you'll kick her out. You'll kick her to the curb if the bitch gives you trouble, right? Mm, not the early me. I mean, nowadays for sure, but that was through a lot of mistakes. So of, you were more chad. Oh, my God, yeah. Sure. Mm. I I uh, went on a date with this girl a while ago, and I remember after the date thinking like, "Oh, I feel so bad for for whoever ends up with her." And I ended up dating her for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about it. So you had the bad. You knew she was wrong for you, and then what happens in your mind? That overrides the logic. She was just, uh, well, she was 
fun and crazy and attractive and crazy she like understood the dark side of life i think i've talked about it before but just uh, like just, she understood that life was not all like rainbows all the time and i was attracted to that like a, i like someone who understands the balance of the depth how of the world stuff. is yeah yes and so yeah i i don't know why i did that actually <laughs> my family doesn't understand it either Ooh, i uh, love it I know. So, so here's the interesting news. I mean, I'm just speaking from personal experience. So I dated a lot of dark horses too, cause I wanted them to see the, the darkness in life as well. Cause I was so dark, right? I dated fucking dark horses. I mean like, God, so troubled. <laughs> and then I met Tom Segura who had a normal enough childhood Actually, he had he had just enough wrong with him, meaning like just enough trauma that I was like, I can, okay, I can work with you. Like he had an immigrant mom. So I was like, check, I can't date fucking white guys. Like I, like crackers. I don't do cracker shit, dude. Like, like if you don't grow up eating some fucking weird shit in your house and your house doesn't smell weird, I, I can't date you. I can't, I, I can't bring you, I can't go out with somebody who's like, I don't eat sushi. Or I don't try things. I'm like, you're, or, or doesn't have a passport. I'm like, not going to happen, right? So he had just enough weirdness to him. He like spent summers in Lima and had fucked up cousins. And I was like, all right, you get it. And I, he met my dad, he met my mom, and he could roll with it. And I was like, okay, you passed the immigrant test. Because I've, I've only, I think I, did I ever bring home a cracker? Like, no, I've always dated like Jewish guys, Chinese Never. A cracker would just die in my house, dude. Never. So uh, so Tom, when I started dating him, I was instantly attracted to him physically. Like his smell, like his pheromonal thing was like off the charts. I'm like, I like, I want, I like your smell. I want to breed. Like I just had a very <laughs> primal response <laughs> to Tommy. I can't I can't explain it. It was like it was primal. And and it's so funny because even when I when I'm pregnant with his children, like when I was pregnant twice with his babies, I was like, You're mine. I'm pregnant with your seed. Like everything inside of me was like, Yes, this is right. So it was a very like primal f- attraction I had to my husband where I was like, You, you're gonna we're gonna do this. And then I would I was like but you're not fucked up enough you're not you're not you're not as dark as i am and i thought i says to myself and i thought to myself i was like well maybe that's a good thing i go christina maybe this is a good thing maybe this is the thing that's going to straighten you out is this guy who's not as fucked up as you are i was like because i was thinking in terms this is so weird unconsciously even of breeding i was thinking in terms of my children uh, unconsciously I was like, yeah, but do I want a guy who's going to perpetuate the stuff I grew up in or do I want a guy who's going to break the cycle with me? And I, and it was all very unconscious. Thank God. And then I stuck with him and I wanted to dump him. I fucking told him. We went out. I was eating chicken wings with him one time and I was like, I just want you to know I'm not getting married. I'm never getting married. I'm never having children. I don't even want to fucking date you. And he was just like, his dick couldn't be harder. He was like, I love you. He was just like, he could not believe that a woman was this crazy. I don't think he could believe that I was this nutty, that I was like, he found gold. He found a woman that 
didn't want to get, you know, just like, what? You're fucking out of your mind. And he stuck around. So, um, yeah, I stuck with the guy that I didn't, like, I was like, I need this. I don't know. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel 100% familiar, but that's a good thing. You know, I knew unconsciously. So maybe chattels. <sighs> you have to make it, like, it's a conscious fix where you're like, I know I want to fucking st- like when you have that voice that's like I who's gonna date this? What did you say? You're <laughs> like I feel bad for the guy that dates this bitch. Yeah, that's what I thought. Listen, exactly that. listen to that voice because <laughs> you knew it, but you knew it. I, I I knew to your credit, you knew. But yeah, I act against my instincts often when it comes to that. When it comes to dating, was it yeah. an open mindedness thing where you're like, oh, oh yeah, maybe I'm thinking too deep on it. No. It's part of that, but it's also probably darker than that. Mm. Uh, What's the dark? Yes. I got you. Continue. No, it's just like, um, if you go for something kind of like fucked up, it kind of takes the responsibility off of you in a way. How so? Meaning? Um, Kind of like... If I go this direction, I have, there's no weight on me to like, um, live this like perfect life. Oh, right. She won't expect anything of you. Yeah. Or just, I won't expect anything of me. Interesting. You can be yourself. Right. That's yeah. it. Right. But maybe you could find some, oh, right. Cause she's fucked up. She's not going to judge you're fucked up. Is that what it is? Like she's, she's so crazy that I can do whatever the fuck I want. Maybe there's, there's something to that. Yeah. And yeah. it's just more, and it's also like how I would see myself too, not just how she saw me. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> well, I'm over that now. That no, is- no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Listen, you're not wrong. Like I, I choose friends based on um, that kind of vibe too. Of like, listen, if I say some shit that's gonna shock you, we're not fucking hanging out, bro. Like, I can't, I can't. I can't pretend to to be normal with you. So later, maybe that's what that is. I don't know. Yeah, that is very similar. I right. Think. Where you're like, I, I can't be somebody you, I can't be the fantasy for you. It's right. not going to happen. I'm going to be myself. And that might be a flawed, messy. Yeah. Human. I mean, us yeah. chads of the world are uh, also very flawed and fucked up. So even if we appear not to be. Mm, yes. So. No, no. You guys are the, yeah, no, you guys are. Were you about to say the word? So fucked up. <laughs> so fucked up. No, the chat. Everybody's fucked up. Everybody's fucked up. Everybody's fucked. But the chads are just more in touch with it. Maybe they're closer to it. All right, we'll discuss this next week. Um, gosh, let me know your thoughts on all this. This is so exciting. I feel like we're we just did like a deep fucking. We did a that's deep, bro. Where my mom's at. A little bit of a little bit of everything. You know what I'm saying? Where my mom's at at gmail.com. Uh, phone number is 213-375-5184. You know, let me know your let me know your thoughts. Let me know your thoughts. Um, come see me live, ChristinaPonline.com for tickets. Buy my lipstick. It's pretty fucking rad. And until next time, stay cool, moms. Bye, mommy. Meow. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at. Where my mom's wearing thongs and thongs at. Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's at?